Today we have on the podcast one of my favorite people to go to for content, which is Ariel Schiffler. She is the founder of Dream Pro, a course creation agency, the host of the Dreamers Lounge podcast, and holds a master's in industrial organizational psychology. That is not a phrase I say often. (laughs) Her agency really offers expertise in creating courses and programs with a mission to improve the quality of education and offerings in the online space. Her company has successfully served over 250 entrepreneurs by developing binge-worthy courses through her detailed service offerings, mixing from DIY, hybrid, and also done for you. So if you want to hear more about what she helps out with along with the upcoming episode that I'm about to air in two seconds with you around really how this can work for those who have more advanced topics to those who are trying to understand how their service would be able to create a course. We dive into it all and looking forward to you going in deeper with us in the episode. Hey Ariel, thank you so much and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am too. And for those who just listened to the, the bio, I mean, you you know how credible and how expert Ariel is. I mean, you look at one thing on any of her social media websites, she's there. But I think what's going to be really impactful for those to listen to as well is really hear the difference between all the content that you have. I mean, for anyone who has not listened to the Dreamers Lounge podcast, you need to look at that because there's all the content there. But for those who are curious who face a higher level of idle client and also those who are curious about bite-sized content and how that can work for those who have frameworks. This is going to be a really amazing episode for you because it's something that not many people talk about that much publicly or even just like front facing. It's usually after a month, two or three of working with people that really this starts to come into play. So I can't wait for this conversation and it's just going to be great. So Ariel, yeah. for the first thing that we go into, I think let's start with how we talked about it uh, on the Femme Fortel series last year, which was one of your predictions for course creation in the upcoming years, which really was around like bite-sized content really working well. But I'm curious how this works for those who have methodologies that are like a three-year, five-part framework where it's, you know, people go through five phases, that kind of stuff. How would you help them to recommend what to focus on or even like cut from that framework to either have as like a bite-sized content or to use that as just like one piece to upsell them into a bigger program? Like what is your belief in bigger courses now with frameworks or just doing one piece of that for that? What a loaded question, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so um, I have a couple of thoughts. I don't think you need to pick. So when it comes to bite-sized content and looking at bigger programs, I think there will always be Um, There will always be a market for people that want the larger curated experiences because there are people that really are going from A to Z and they need help and support and education to get them there, right? So you think about, for instance, uh, here's a good analogy of all these little things. So you think about when you went to college (laughs) and you got your degree, which half of us might be using, half of us aren't using. (laughs) Thankfully, somehow I'm using my degree. But, um, you know, it was a long curated experience. Some of the things and some of the journey that I went on, uh, you know, would I say it was the most helpful for my degree? No, but, you know, the university thought it would be helpful. I went through it. Some things I learned a lot from that I didn't expect. And so it's this long curated experience, right? Um, to ultimately get me to what I wanted, which, you know, bachelor's degree, master's degree, whatever. It's important. Um, However, within that, there are always these smaller components that 
we need, right? And like I just said, and so I've taken, you think about it, there's usually like required curriculum and then there's mm-hmm. the selective curriculum and it all ties into the bigger picture. And so when you think about that, there are gonna be learners in your world that uh, maybe just need one class <laughs> instead of your whole degree. Maybe they just need to focus on one little thing. I think sometimes when we think about our ideal client when we're developing digital products is we think of the average person, but in actuality, when you think about that average person, it's usually somebody that doesn't really exist. They just contain the qualities of a lot of different people that you know. And so that being said, every individual is gonna come to you at a different point in their life, business, whatever, you know, whoever they are. And you can do your absolute best to anticipate their needs and understand where they're coming from. Because I can say, you know, even with our agency, like there are a few different types of people that always work with us. I know them like the back of my hand. I know what they struggle with, blah, blah, blah. However, they each come to me with different backgrounds, experiences, knowledge, expertise, wants, needs, preferences. And so having smaller digital products that sometimes even make up the greater picture um, or having those really niche offerings is a great way to address the individual needs of people um, without, you know, without needing to feel like you need to give up the bigger goal of everything. I know that was like one big analogy, but does that make sense? It does. And it actually helps to bring into the next question. But before I do, I agree when it comes to the the area of like the bachelor's type of analogy, because I, I did get mine. It's funny. I got it in business. I don't use it for business. I, I had, I did an actual course on entrepreneurship that it was like required to take. And it was like how to create a business plan was like the biggest thing we did. So I was like, nope. Okay. That's great yeah. to know, but nope. Um, but I think what I'm hearing from you is that it really matters more on understanding who your ideal client is and the type of learner they are. Does it also kind of play when you are deciding between these um, types of courses to create first? Cause like at the end of the day, starting with one's always recommended. So when you're thinking about this like next program or digital product to create, do you focus or begin starting with the ideal client and their type of learning in mind first? Or is it usually the actual creator and how they like to teach first? Because some people are better about like long form content and people are short form. I'm curious, how do you usually go about that to start with? Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge your strengths and weaknesses and the things that light you up and the things that don't. Uh, while keeping in mind that it really isn't about you. Like this isn't, uh, like I don't create courses just to say like, I did this for myself and this makes me feel good, even though I did in some way. But, you know, when I'm designing a course, when we're developing courses in our agency, it, it, you know, more times than not has nothing to do with our client. It has to do with the person who's buying the course. Um, We're always looking at their best interests, their preferences, what makes sense, but also keeping in mind the realities of like, hey, we're not going to commit to developing this program that has all these features. If you feel like you can't keep up with it, if you feel like you don't have energy to do that, or that's just not your vibe, or, you know, like, I don't think you need to sacrifice anything. I think it's keeping in mind both of those things, but understanding that, Ultimately, your learners come first. Your learning should be learner-centric because they're the ones paying your bills. They're the ones saying the great things about you. They're the ones going through this experience. And ultimately, like, you know, yes, our businesses, I think, serve ourselves selfishly in some ways in terms Mm. of like providing us purpose and fulfillment. But ultimately, we all and probably everybody who's listening to your podcast gets excited and fulfillment from knowing that we changed somebody's life, that we helped them and that we brought them exactly what they were looking for plus more. So 
Um, I think it's, it's a balance. And sometimes, honestly, one comes before the other. I would say more times than not, it's looking at, I think the best ideas come from identifying a need in the market and being able to provide that solution for it, which is very obviously like learner or customer or client centric. Um, and then thinking to yourself, okay, if this is the need, um, how does this work in my life? <laughs> how does this work for me? Does this make sense? Um, because when it comes to developing digital products, like it's not just about the content, it's about the entire experience. People are very experiential. Um, I was just having a talk with somebody as we were talking about some ideas, which I'm very lit up by. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how you think about it, like the, even the way that we have like online courses these days is very much so, even though they're digital, like think back to like, you know, years and years and years and years ago when they created this whole public education system um, where it's like you sit in a chair and you just listen to somebody talk. Like most of education is still like that, which is really outdated and it doesn't even make sense based on like how we live. <laughs> I mean, sort of like the way that we work, right? Like who the fuck said that we need to work nine to five? Like this is all part of the, what, industrial revolution, but like, is this conducive to how people actually live, have energy throughout the day, <laughs> like are productive? Like, no, there's a huge disconnect. So I think it's really important to think about, okay, forget about all that shit like you used to learn. Um, not that any of that is, you know, isn't salvageable, but it's like, think realistically about the person that you're trying to help and like, what is the best way to help them? Because especially with something like education, and I think I spoke to this last time, it's like, if somebody's in your course or program, regardless of how excited they are, they're uncomfortable because they're entering into a space that they've never been in. They're learning something new. They're applying something that they haven't before. And they probably are coming with a bunch of different beliefs and questions and concerns. And so when you're trying to, you know, provide them value and provide them transformation, um, keep in mind that they are uncomfortable. And the best way for them to get that transformation is obviously to make it as easy as possible for them to integrate what you're teaching them into their lives. And so you could do that by truly understanding them, the way they live, what makes them tick, what makes them ex excited, engaged, you know, all of those things. And that's when they'll feel more compelled to actually take it. They'll be engaged and they'll get exactly what, you know, you're promising to them. That is something too, like what you're mentioning around the learner side as well. It's something I think we forget as we get closer or farther in business when we start off very eager in business where we want to help everyone and we build our vision, we build more milestones, we we hit certain things. And I noticed this shift happen a lot with people who either hit the certain financial milestone, whatever first milestone is there. So it could be the six figure, seven figure, whatever it is. It's usually at that point that these people realize a lot of course creators, coaches, authors realize that, oh okay, now that I've kind of pushed myself and sacrificed in some way, you know, it's time, whatever it is, they kind of want to selfishly bring back themselves and be like, how do I now foster more of my time again? How do I bring back more of these things? Because they realize that shift is happening. So I think this is a great reminder that no matter where you're at, at the end of the day, your business is still meant for someone else. Like it's meant for your ideal clients and that the learners, the learner-centric courses really do matter even now, even no matter how far you're in. So I think the other thing I'm curious about for the learner side of this, like you said, there's a variety of learners. You have a whole podcast episode about the types of learners there are, which you can link down below. But I'm curious for those who are trying to understand the like primary learner of their, let's say they understand their the need of whatever they're trying to create. When it comes to now identifying the primary learner of their people, do you recommend them to do you research on it? Do you recommend them just kind of knowing based off of past content they've created? What is kind of like the first step for people to understand their primary learner type? Yeah. So 
When it comes to types of learners, here's a, a myth. I should cr actually create some content on this. Uh, even though there are different ways that we all intake information and learn and retain, like, it's not like I'm just a visual learner. It's not like you're just an auditory learner, right? We all have, like, think of it this way. It's like, you might primarily love taking in information through text. That doesn't mean that you necessarily don't through visual aid. That doesn't mean you don't through audio aid, right? So we're all different. We all maybe like, maybe look at this way, like I might be 35% visual and 12% auditory and blah, 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 and in tactical and whatever. Uh, the percentages don't really matter, but the premise of learner types is important to know because at the end of the day, you will have a group of people that learn, intake, retain information in different ways because of so many different reasons, right? The way we're raised, what we're exposed to, trauma, like, I mean, uh, disabilities, accessibility, um, genetics, like it, there's so many factors that come into play. And so um, when it comes to learning, what makes it great and what makes it learner centric and thinking about the different learning styles is having different opportunities for all those things. So for example, videos are great because when they're, when they're done well, because it's, it's a great way to show people what's possible, right? Uh, the way that you might visually portray something isn't just about like making sure you have a visual and checking the box of saying like, oh good, I made a video. So it helps visual learners. It's okay. Well, what is on your slide or why is it a slide? Should it be a demonstration? <laughs> what are you showing in the video? How long is it? Um, there's so many decisions to make when it comes to developing courses. And ultimately it's, it depends on a few different things. It depends on the subject matter, right? So like, what are you teaching people to do? Is it like learning a brand new skill, something that they're actually going to have to do with their hands? Is there a way to have a hands-on application for it? Is it something that's maybe a little bit more conceptual, a little bit more, um, it might be a little bit more introspective, right? Uh, how are they going to be taking the program? Who's in it, right? So for instance, if, um, Here's a good example of this. We are developing a um, incredible program for a lactation specialist. And so naturally her ideal client is somebody who is a mom <laughs> or going to be a mom, right? And so when you think about, okay, a mom or somebody who's gonna be a mom, what, you know, think about their lifestyle, lifestyle, right? And if you're gonna help these people, I would hope that you would know their lifestyle or, you know, if you feel like you're making assumptions and maybe you're helping a group of people that you actually don't identify with yourself, which sometimes happens, talk to them, have a conversation about it, learn a little bit about how they consume, how they live, you know, their attention span, but these are busy people and they're probably not on their computer all day. They're on their phone. So making sure that, you know, things are easy to be pulled up on a phone or an app, uh, making sure that things are super quick, having different ways of also getting the information. So that could be, you know, maybe having a video lesson, but having a cheat sheet at the end. So that way they can refer to it later or just pull that up when they need it. Um, it's about really creating options for people because also adult learners, uh, one of the like big things when it comes to andragogy, which is like the adult learning theory is us as adult learners, we like to drive our learning. We like to have autonomy. We don't, you know, just like stubborn adults, we don't like being told what to do. We want to have <laughs> options. Um, and we want to know where you're going to take us. And we also need to know like, what's in it for me? Like, why should I be here sitting, listening to this? So the more accessible you can make your uh, your course. So that could be a video with closed captioning, with a reference guide. Um, you know, maybe you have a private podcast feed so people can also binge that audibly as well. Those are already touching on basically everything. 
plus having an activity that's hands-on to show them how to actually apply what they learn, poof, you got everything, right? So it's like, think creatively about how you can bring in uh, all the different senses, if you will, during the learning experience, because it's going to solidify what you're trying to teach them more than anything else. That makes, like you said, it makes sense because we are like multidimensional humans or multifaceted. So of course, we're not just going to have, I'm not going to only be visual. So I think it's a great thing to recommend for those who are listening to, if you do have a course already, maybe you are heavily focused on one or two types of learners to refocus into. And as you can hear from Ariel's uh, teaching that no matter what, it's all about intentionality. It's like really understanding Mm -hmm. the why behind it all, which I think is something that should be the standard for everything, but especially for <laughs> yeah. like evergreen courses where, or even like info products where they're meant to be long lasting. They're meant to be there for a long time, which means they should be set up or at least designed in a way that will help the every, every type of learner style that there is. So mm-hmm. now that I'm very curious, as we talked about the learning styles, now you just mentioned it as well. It depends on also the topics, the type of people they are and so forth. For those who are targeting people who are higher level or even more advanced topics. So let's say I am terrible with analogies for this kind of stuff because it's not my wheelhouse, but I'm just going to pretend like there's a course for bio biology. And then there's a course for chemistry. Those type of people are going to be different. Like one's going to be more newbie. They need to understand the basics. The other one's going to be higher level. They're going to need to go into more in depth in advanced topics. And those people usually are busy or they have, you know, ABC. So I'm curious, is there things that you kind of focus on or best practices to help out with those who have either advanced topics or higher level type of ICAs who kind of have gone through courses before, who've gone through the like standard things? What do you usually say to those type of people or topics? Yeah. So first is to see, okay, these higher level people, are they one actually looking for education or are they looking Mm. for a service? Right. And so that's like why we're in business (laughs) because (laughs) not everybody wants to learn how to, you know, market, you know, create courses, Mm -hmm. all the things they're like, do it for me because I've learned enough and Mm -hmm. I don't want to implement myself. Right. So first is like making sure too that, you know, it might be a great idea in your head and you might say like, Oh, there's no, you know, advanced courses on course creation for people who are $10 million entrepreneurs or blah, 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 you know, insert whatever stupid prerequisite you might have. But like, uh, there isn't because like, they're not, they're not, they don't care. You know what I mean? Some of them might just out of genuine curiosity and learning, but like, uh, first know, okay, what, what do these people want? Um, some people that are busy instead of taking a five month, you know, long program, or these higher level people that are like open to education or whatever, um, they might not want a five month program. Maybe they want a three day intensive workshop experience. So that way they can knock it out real quick. You know what I mean? Um, when it comes to those types of people, talk to them because it depends again on your industry, your niche, the type of person, but here's a few considerations for you. Really busy people might not want to draw things out. They'd pay a premium for it to happen quicker, right? That's why people have VIP days. That's why they work really well because they're like, get it done quick. So think about how you can also accelerate your learning experiences. And maybe it becomes, uh, maybe it becomes a two day workshop where you have day one, one month, and then they implement in between. And then day two, is the following month. Maybe it's a weekend. And then two months later, you have a console with them. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways that you could break up learning experiences. It depends on the topic and what you want them to integrate in between. But it is important to also, with those accelerated learning experiences, keep in mind time for integration and and actually like, you know, doing what you're teaching them to do. Um, When it comes to higher level, like in general, it's 
you know, everybody these days qualifies themselves as busy people. Um, I would say the more advanced though, the more likely that they are really busy and they might be fitting this into their day-to-day. So thinking about how those people consume, not just learn, but consume, right? Are they always on, you know, their phone swiping through things? Are they on YouTube? Are they uh, listening to podcasts? Are they avid podcast listeners? Like, tuning into their lifestyle and seeing where does this fit in or how could this fit in in the easiest way. Um, I think also, um, you know, when it comes to foundational versus like more high level stuff, uh, there might be, a there might need to be a level of foundation setting for high level programs too. Mm-hmm. So consider that because like I said before, even though you might have this picture in your head of like my ideal person is here, here, and here, they might not perfectly fit into that box, but they're, you know, really qualified to be in your program. So think about too, like the level setting that sometimes needs to happen to make sure that everybody's on the same page, speaking the same language. So that way they don't get stuck in the learning process. So sometimes those higher level programs do need to have a level of like foundation setting. Um, And I think uh, generally speaking too, when you're working with higher level people that might be in a course. So here's here's an example of something. Um, I'm taking a course right now from pretty well-known course creator. Um, and, uh, I love taking courses myself, especially when they're really interesting to me. (laughs) This is something that I've learned about her course since like 2018, maybe 2019, like before I even had a business, um, this has been on my radar, but this year I was like, I'm going to invest in this thing because I just feel called to, honestly, that was it. (laughs) It was like, no, no big decision. I was just like, I feel like now's the time and I'm going to get what I need out of it. So Um, the cool thing is like, it was a subject matter that I was familiar with. It wasn't something that was like brand new to me, this and that. Um, and something that she said at the beginning was I'm creating this for everybody. And I really actually liked the way that she did it. And, um, you know, not everybody can pull this off, but she did. (laughs) So, um, she said, I'm creating this for everybody. Um, but she said, you know, I want you to basically like leave your ego at the door, whatever you think Mm -hmm. you learned, whatever you think, you know, like drop it, be open to learning anything, obviously then make decision on like what, you know, you choose to do, but it's like, drop your ego because sometimes you think you're advanced or you think you know it all, but you really fucking don't. And you don't know anything unless you're actually doing it and embodying it. And more times than not, people are not. So, um, I think too, as a higher level learner, it's important for you to come into these learning experiences and truly be open to anything because you wouldn't be taking that program or interested in something if you really did know it all. Um, so there's That's a little bonus thing. <laughs> so true. I actually remember this phrase. I, I think it was on the, in a course as well, or some type of podcast where they said the same thing. And it was in a, they were a lot more Buddhic meditation way. They were saying that it was a the fool believes I know everything while the master knows nothing. And it's just because it's true that when you go in with already an expectation that I already know everything, or like, I, I don't know what I can get out of this. You're already setting a way of believing that's going to make it harder for you to get all that you need. So I definitely agree with that and think that it is something we just naturally have to condition ourselves to as well. Even for whenever I'm taking a course, I think of one that I did recently. I don't remember. There was like one I did that was like a manifestation one, but from a body level, it was very interesting. But even then I was like, I've been in this spiritual space for a couple of years and I had to remind myself, whatever I've learned doesn't matter at this moment. Like really reminding yourself to be a student again. And I think that's a huge thing to mention to those who are creating or almost assuming things about their learners or ideal clients that at the end of the day, they know what they want most and that we really have to customize it to them rather than what we believe they, whatever they, whatever we believe they need. Yeah. And also too, like, 
uh, it'll change. Like mm. think, think about how insanely our world has changed in the past, like six months, a year, yeah. two years, three years. Right. And so the expectations that your learners have will change the way they're running their lives will change. And so you need to be, it's almost like if you're going to sign up to be an educator, a business owner in general, like you're signing up to be really flexible because it's going, it's going to happen. Change is inevitable. And you you can either go with it and flourish or stay stuck and, and die out. Right. I mean, not to be bleak, but it's it's true. And and if you like, let your ego get in the way of that, or think, you know, better than, um, than everybody, you know, like, obviously you see things as a creator, as an educator that, uh, are typically a few steps ahead of what everybody else sees in terms of usually when people are working with you or learning from you. Right. But yeah. don't let that get to your head because, um, you know, I learn things every day about courses. Like I learn things from my team. I learn things from people I see on online. I, I like it's, I'm never closed off to it because it's like, how on earth could I know everything about courses? Like there's no fucking way, but also be open to also changing your opinion on things. Like there are beliefs that I held probably at the beginning of my business that have rapidly like just taken a 180 (laughs) from, from then because I'm open to it, you know? So it's like, also don't be afraid to have your perspective shift because it will, you're going to go through different seasons of life, see different things, learn different things. And if you're really keeping your eyes and your ears open, you'll bring people along the way. And that doesn't make you any less of a person or educator. It makes you a better one because you're, you're usually then more empathetic to more people that you can help. It's really true. I think that my biggest thing I try and tell people is like, at the end of the day, the best characteristic anyone can have going forward is being malleable, like really being able to just mm-hmm. work with it. And that's something that I see in the funnel side as well. And messaging too, is that people, yeah. there's this belief or not even belief, this type of um, angle we were sold the last few years of that. It's a set it and forget it for funnels, mm-hmm. for courses, like set yeah. it up once and you're good to go. And it's like, that's not how humans work. So why do we believe what we create would work the same way? It doesn't, you have mm-hmm. to revisit it. So I think that's such a huge thing that I really want to note here for those who are listening is that for almost anything you create, even if you had services, for example, too, it's like you always are testing out things, getting feedback and building. So it's like, why would anything you create not be the same? So I love that. It's true. It really is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. This is huge. (laughs) Last thing that I want to just touch on for those who are in my, I have like two audiences usually where it's my like courses, like people who are doing course creation, coaching, that kind of stuff. And also those who are on the done for you side. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a question for my done for you side, people who are, you know, doing more like custom work for copywriters or funnel builders, like those people who are basically creating new stuff all the time. What is your advice for them to kind of find that nugget or topic that they can put into a course? Because so much of what they do is custom. Um, they're mm. just unsure of like what to even pull or be able to productize. Mm. What's your unique perspective? <laughs> That's like the, so when we work with anybody, like, so we work with, yeah, a lot of like coaches, consultants, educators, people like that. We work with a lot of service providers too. And a lot of people that do services and they're like, okay, I want to monetize my expertise. <laughs> like I want to monetize my brain, uh, since I'm already monetizing my hands essentially. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're not the first person to probably think about a course topic on whatever, right? So for me, course on courses, like, you know, I'm not the first person to do that. I can name literally like 10 people off the top of my head that also do that. 
But what makes mine different is my unique perspective, right? What are the things, what is my special process? So as a done for you provider, you work with people and you might not know it or not, or you might not know it, but like you definitely have a framework for working with people. If you're doing, you're going through the notions, you're doing things really naturally. There's a a system, a process, a way that you're doing stuff. Like you have a framework, right? And there's a reason why you do it this way. And also like stay firm to your beliefs in whatever industry you're in, right? So as a copywriter, you probably have a lot of opinions on uh, copy (laughs) and the way that people write copy. And uh, you know, for instance, like you might have this polarizing opinion on, I fucking hate long form sales pages. I think Mm -hmm. they're ineffective. Nobody reads them, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm just pulling this out of my butt right now. Mm -hmm. But um, like when you have a perspective like that, and then you teach on, Hey, I'm going to show you how to make a sales page, but it's going to be short and effective as fuck. And people are actually going to want to read it. That is so much different than your average copywriting course. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like lean into the things that make you special, that make your perspective unique. The things that like, you know, this is the hill I'll die on type of thing. Um, because you're going to attract people that also value those things. And you want to work with people that value the same things that you do, but it's also going to help you make a way more niche product that way too, because you're going to have a way more like focused area. Um, plus it's going to make it probably, I'm sure you might agree with this. Hopefully do is like, it's easier to market. It's easier to message Mm -hmm. because you're just so specific and like what you do and what you don't do. Right. And so you're, it's so much easier to filter out people and the people that resonate with you will join you. A thousand percent specificity sells. It really like whenever I'm working with clients for their messaging, for essentially getting them more sales, it's always, how can we better clarify your offer USPs? What makes your product different? What makes your, how do we sell this? Because there, like you said, there's so many courses and programs out there and Unfortunately, nowadays, the best marketer can win over the best teacher. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I try and make sure we do is where both the delivery side, which is what you help out with making sure that that's still there, but even the beforehand to get people in the door, this, this piece still really matters because it's what people are drawn to. If you can give them a unique way that you're selling to them or a unique way of delivering something to them, it's far greater than that. So last question before we dive into what you're going to be launching soon is, is there any topic or service that you believe out there can't be turned into a course? Like, is there anything when people are thinking Mm -hmm. about for themselves, is there anything that's either too high level, too complex that you feel like should be stuck in service side or stuck in like something else instead? I'll never say never. (laughs) I, I, uh, I have one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to not doubt like fucking anybody (laughs) Um, because I think, okay, the world is changing in a lot of different ways. Digital world, you think about things like currency are changing. You think about like, you can look at all these changes from so many different angles. And so when it comes to education, when it comes to learning, just like sit with this. It's like the fact that we have this preconceived notion in our minds of like, education looks like a course on Kajabi, right? Like, cause mm. a lot of times it does. Yeah. Um, but why does it have to look like that? Why does it have to be experienced like that? So I don't know, you know, for the hypothetical thing that might be difficult to turn into a program, I want you to try to the best you can <laughs> remove all your expectations of like what a course actually is in your mind and think about how can I create a learning experience to help people do this? and just leave it at that and just let your mind go wherever it needs to go. Um, so no, I would never say never to anything. Cause like, 
I mean, there's technology apps, things that pop up and I'm like, how the fuck did people do that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, even thinking about, I saw today, I'm sure you already know this just from being in the uh, advertising world, but I came across, um, I went down a rabbit hole of shit and I ended up at Ryan Reynolds Instagram. And I oh. saw that he has a company that like helps the everyday business owner market their business on TV, mm-hmm. like using AI and like whatever. And it's like, shit wow, how did he like do that? You know what I mean? Like what's the tech behind this and like all the things, but it's just like, never say never. <laughs> um, right. if the you, amount of companies Ryan Reynolds has is just astronomical. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, if you have an idea and it's never been done before, that doesn't mean it's a bad one. It might mean that you just like, really fucking nailed it so <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay great and I, I just want to do that out there because I know there's gonna be one or two people who are just gonna wonder if what I can do or whatever services can I actually productize that so you heard it here anything can be done you just have to find the way that works best for you and your ideal clients so yeah. that is I mean this is just scratching the surface with the amount of knowledge that Ariel knows so I want to give full force to where people can find you and also where they can go next to just like immerse themselves into what you do Yeah. So, um, you can visit our website, dreamprocourses.com, um, which will point you in all the directions. Uh, we have a lot of stuff on Instagram. So dream pro courses on Instagram is our handle. Um, and then I also have my podcast, the dreamers lounge podcast, which you can listen to. There's a ton of episodes there already. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. And then you're going to be launching the course Alchemist soon as well, right? So when this is airing, I believe my launch will be going on, um, which is really exciting. So this is my course on creating courses. So it is thecoursealchemist.com for more information um, or probably check out my social media. I'm sure I'll have some stuff going on in relation to our live launch, but this is something that is typically it's evergreen. So you can purchase it whenever. Um, but when we live launch it, we usually have some really exciting bonuses. So, um, check out our page to learn more about that. And yeah, (laughs) I think that pretty much covers it all. (laughs) And we'll link everything down below from the podcast, Instagram and everything like that. So people can find you, but thank you so much, Ariel, for coming on. This was amazing. And I know people are going to find multiple like golden nuggets in this. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, and just as a reminder for those who are new or returning listeners that this June giveaway, for those who do review the podcast, whether it be through showing a screenshot that you did it, or even just tagging Danielle Clem with three M's on Instagram in the month of June, you will get added to the giveaway that is free, that is just for you, but it's for the next few days, and the Winner will be announced after July 4th. So make sure you get in before we end the giveaway and looking forward to serving you an even better way in the next episode. So I'll see you more then. If you want to go in deeper, feel free to follow me on Instagram at the Neil Clem with three M's and we'll chat with you next episode. Bye guys.